Hello, everybody. I lost my voice at camp, so I actually need to use a microphone today. Um, God did a lot of awesome stuff this week, and I'm going to give you a little overview of what our week looked like, and then we're going to hear some testimonies from some of these awesome people in here. And we'll have a short video um, prepared by my lovely wife and photos by Allison Ramshaw. Um, and then we will hear from Pastor Vaughn and we'll have some baptisms. Um, so we drove down to Logan Valley and we made it without getting lost on Monday morning. <laughs> and we made it without anybody getting sick. And we managed to fit all of the luggage just barely. <laughs> um, it was really close. We packed our trailer to the max and all the seats were filled with luggage that were left open. Um, but we got down there and what we did for the week was we split everyone up into four teams and we had our, we had our staff, um, work as counselors with, um, the campers. And, uh, so when we broke up into teams, they were also like in their counseling groups. And so, um, we had four teams. We had the Howler Monkeys. We had the Mongooses. We had the Wolverines. They were the loudest group. And then at the end of the week, um, we do sports competitions and stuff throughout the week and memorize Bible verses for points and stuff like that. And uh, our winning team was the Honey Badgers. They had a lot of fun. So... Throughout the week, we had some games and some competitions, but we also did um, a lot of other really good stuff. Um, in the mornings, we would eat breakfast, obviously, some awesome breakfast. And then we would have, <coughs> huh? I don't know. We would have some morning exhortations about prayer and about spending time in the Word and on meditating on God's promises and stuff like that. And then everybody got to go out for a good 45 minutes to an hour and... Uh, Spend time with the Lord. And it was awesome because as the week went on, it was like everybody wanted to. And I didn't see, like, everybody was still sitting with their Bibles when I sounded the siren. And they're like, I still need to read. So it was awesome to see uh, people just, like, enjoying spending time with the Lord. Um, And then we also had in the morning, along with uh, games, we had um, breakout sessions. And our staff taught some awesome sessions like, why should you go to church? How do I get rid of that pesky idol in my life? Um, and different things like that that everybody got to go to. And those went great. We also had some guys and girls sessions where they're split apart to deal with, you know, different issues. Um, ladies, how was y'all's? It's awesome. Guys, were we okay? How was the guys? Yeah. <laughs> um. And so after those in the morning, we would eat lunch, and then we would have free time, and everybody got to hang out with each other, and then all, you guys meet with your staff like one-on-one? Yeah? Was that awesome? Yeah. Some awesome one-on-one times. And uh, then we'd have some games and dinner, and then we had our evening messages. We had worship, (coughs) and we had... um, some phenomenal messages. Mike Bond, I don't know where he is. There he is. Um, he spoke the first night and he talked about, um, he just kind of gave an overview of the gospel and God's love for us. And the next night, Hannah spoke about 
God's mercy and his loving kindness. And then um, I got to speak Wednesday night. I, I feel like since you guys were all praying for me Wednesday night, like I had a little advantage. <laughs> I felt y'all's prayers on me. It was awesome. Um, but we talked about believing the truth and what belief is and not believing the lies of the enemy. And um, God did a lot of cool stuff that night as well. And Thursday night we wrapped up with a cool exercise and Mike spoke about our need for each other and the body and uh, serving each other. And so throughout the week, God did a lot of really, really cool things. Um, I forgot to mention we also went on a float trip, and that was fun. Um, and so God did a lot of really cool things. I saw the Holy Spirit transform some of you um, into a new creation, and that was awesome. Um, and we did make it back. We didn't get lost. A couple of people got sick, but it's okay. They ended up getting better. <clears throat> I also saw God answer prayer after prayer after prayer after prayer all week. I know y'all were praying for us because God was answering prayers for different people. Right, Dan? Yeah. Dan's knee gave him some trouble, but the Lord dealt with that and some different health problems. And so God was just answering prayers all week. So we're going to give all of y'all a chance to share um, a little testimony about the week. Let me see what time it is. All right. Um, and then we'll have a video and some baptism. So who wants... Yes, Hannah. Oh, you can always pray. Okay, I'm just going to pray that God will give grace to anyone who's going to share because I think sometimes we go to camp, we have an awesome experience, and then we come back to church and we're like, oh no, the adults are here. <laughs> What if I, what if I cry in front of the adults? What if the adults know I love Jesus? Oh my gosh. So it can be a little stressful. All right. So I'm just going to pray for you guys. I'm just going to pray for you guys. You guys will be who you are and that God will give you special grace to be honest and be real and to share even with your parents. Some of the things you guys learned might minister to your parents today. We'll really encourage them. So I'm going to pray real quick. Um, Father God, we love you. I thank you so much for your goodness. Um, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you into this room. We acknowledge that you are here. Um, Spirit of truth, I ask that you would lead us into truth about Jesus. And I ask that you would show Jesus to every person in this room today. Um, God, I pray against hardened hearts in this room, Lord. God, and I pray against fearful hearts in this room. God, I ask that you would wash over them with your love and with your spirit and with your mercy. And Father God, I ask that you would anoint each one of these young people with your Holy Spirit, Lord, that they might share the truth, that they might be real, that they might be honest, God, that they might want to give you the glory and talk about how Jesus has set them free. And Father God, I pray that your love will be known in this place today. Send your spirit, move mightily. I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's do it. Courage. A lot of you guys, a lot of you guys talked to me and said you wanted to share. So let's do it. Cody. All right, so I'm not very good with organizing my words in my mind, so I wrote all this this morning. All right, going into IGY camp this year, I was completely resistant to God and anything he wanted me to do. 
I was scared because for the past two years, I've been completely turned away from God. I wasn't praying. I wasn't getting in the Word. I was just going to church on Sunday and Wednesday nights, making sure I said I'm all right when anybody asked me how I was doing. I was just playing the game. But living a double life sucks. I was always angry and depressed. I would wake up in the morning just wishing I could go back to sleep and forget everything. I was miserable. And in the back of my head, I knew all this could change if I just turned to God. But I let my pride get in the way. I wanted to fix my issues on my own terms. I wanted to deal with my depression and anger without God. And part of me always knew that I couldn't do any of that on my own. But I continued to deceive myself. James 5 verse 6 says, But he gives more grace. He gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. I read this verse during my quiet time this year at camp. And it stuck out to me because I knew it was God speaking to me telling me that he desperately wanted me to stop running. He was telling me that there is a way out of all this depression and anger and hate. This verse helped me come to the conclusion that I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. So I knew that I needed to turn my life over to Jesus and stop running. So I prayed and asked God to give me guidance, and over the course of the next two days, I talked to one-on-one with Dan Benson. Mr. Benson helped me realize that in order for me to be able to completely turn my life over to God, I need to fully trust in him, and everything needs to be on the table. This year at camp, God gave me hope and shined his light on the path back to him. He made me realize that without him, I am nothing, and that he even loves me because he didn't give up on me even when I gave up on myself. Awesome. God is good. And Inman. Oh, where do I start? Hmm. <laughs> All right. So as a kid, I I came to church going through the motions. I, I figured, you know, I would be able to get away with things. And people would not be able to notice that I wasn't really saved as a kid going to church. And I was convinced myself that I was pretty good at hiding behind it. <laughs> but uh, I'd have to say, two years ago, my first year camp, it was three days, but it was definitely three really good days. And it was the, my, the last time the IGY camp took place at El Shaddai Ranch. But I'd have to say that was definitely the first turning point of my life for the better. And uh, I, there was definitely, obviously, tears and just joy that went on and I had, I don't know. God just really spoke to me that year. And then uh, I went back home after camp. And Tim Ward even said uh, during camp that some of us would go back home and fall back into darkness. And that definitely happened to me. I, uh, I, I just fell back to my old ways right away after that. And uh, I, there was just always this little tiny hook that was holding on to me. And it was just like my spirit trying to constantly push me towards God. And it was always there, but I was always ignoring it. And then the year after that, my first year out at uh, Logan Valley was my second year of camp. And <laughs> that year was definitely amazing. Oh, my gosh. It was one of the best years I've heard of, and it was one of the best years I have been to. And uh, that one was definitely a, a larger turning point. And um, I went home after that, and I was 
staying in in the Word, reading, spending time with God, and then I went to Belize and had fun there. And I figured I was I had this thing in my mind where I was thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to mission trips and stuff. I'll be able to stay with God easy peasy. But no, <laughs> I I got back home and again I fell back into addiction, but I. I uh, did not fall into darkness as much as I did the year before. And I, I was just glad that God had, uh, he was always there helping me in small ways. And even when I thought he had abandoned me. And uh, this year, this year was just, I'd have to say it was, it is the biggest turning point for the better that I, I will just, this will be a memorable year and I will never forget this year. And it will always stay around as an example to me. And uh, this year is definitely going to be better. I am going to... He has inspired me. God has inspired me to, even when I'm falling back into my addictions and I'll get, let's say, back into video games or something and I'm playing it for too long, I, he's given me the confidence to literally just walk out of my house with my Bible, go into the woods and pray and spend time with them. Word. Who's next? Nicole Dean. Um, okay, for first, I have to tell everybody that I'm horrible at speaking in front of everybody, so forgive me if I all my words just get... <laughs> um, but so Wednesday night at camp, um, we all, uh, we all were um, told to just like pray to God and stuff, and so I was doing that. And I just kept doing it and doing it. People kept coming up to me and um, just praying over me. And I just, um, like, felt the love and um, everything. But I, so I was in there, and I was the last person in the chapel that night. And I was in there for about over an hour praying and worshiping to God. And not just praying in my head or worshiping in my head, but I would... um, just out loud, and it was amazing. Um, I don't know if anybody, um, all my age, like how much they pray out loud, but um, it's wonderful, and it feels like you're, um, feels like, I don't know how I can explain this, but it feels, it just feels different. It feels a lot different, and um, and it was just wonderful, and I can't explain how different I feel and how happy I am that um, I was just doing it um, to God because I love him. And um, I just, now I don't know what to say. But <laughs> but, but I just can't believe how much um, just praying out loud and worshiping um, fully and getting down on my knees um, in front of God, how amazing that feels and how wonderful it feels. And... Um, how um, I just kept praying to God that I would feel his presence and I would feel his love. And um, I've been struggling still that I don't feel like I felt it. And I um, do not want to go any more days without feeling it. So I have decided to seek after God um, until I feel his presence and his love. And now I'm, like, trembling for some reason. Um, Like, I seriously just want to fall on the ground for some reason. Um, But... Um, I just want to tell everybody how wonderful that is, and if you haven't prayed out loud to God, and I was basically, if I know everybody knows how Hannah prays, I felt like I was praying like Hannah, um, because I was like yelling to God, just 
and asking him and everything. And it was just, uh, it was the best thing that happened to me at camp this year. Is Laura Dean? Oh, she's getting the Kleenex box. <laughs> Jen Wilson. All right. Okay, so on Wednesday night, God showed me that I wasn't really believing that he was there and that he was there for me and that he loved me. And so then I talked to Kathy, and she was telling me how much she loved me. And... um. Sorry, I'm, like, shaking. <laughs> so, um, Justice told us about the service, and I had nothing, I didn't know what to say. I was like, I don't know what to say if I go up there. But then that night at worship, I felt God's love, and I just, like, surrounded me. <laughs> and it was amazing. <laughs> and it was, like, the best day of my life. <laughs> and... She's really cool. <laughs> Logan. As you heard, I'm Logan. And, <laughs> and uh, this is my first year of camp, and... Also, I'm not very good at speaking in front of people, so forgive me. Um, it was uh, it was an awesome year of camp, and uh, I really enjoyed it. God moved through a lot of you people here. Um, he moved through me. Like I had a little bit of doubt that he just wasn't real. So he showed me that he was real, and he put all that doubt in like a garbage bin. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, Wednesday night, um, it was probably, like, it was definitely an experience, uh, for me. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but God was just there. He was everywhere. He was in people's hearts, and people, he surrounded all the people that were hurting, and it was a great year of camp. David? How's it going? <laughs> um, this was my fifth year at camp, which was awesome. Um, and each year they get better and better and better, and this was by far the best year. Um, again, I'm a terrible public speaker also, so don't make fun of me. <laughs> um, I really think that God did a lot of work in not just myself but everybody else here, and I loved it that it was on uh, Wednesday night, which was the third night. <laughs> and... When I was when I was thinking about it, and I was talking to Spencer about it, and um, we were just thinking, like, man, this is the third night of camp, and God is defeating sin in a, a lot of people's lives. And what day did Jesus resurrect whenever he defeated death and sin? It was the third day. And that just, it blew my mind so much, and I loved it. It was so great. <laughs> the first night of camp was when I talked, as was the second day. It was the second day, sorry. Uh, it was during free time. I was talking to uh, Dan Benson, and uh, he was my counselor, and he was phenomenal. He helped me realize that I had a lot of anger, and I had a lot of uh, frustration, 
and I had a problem with forgiveness. And um, he really helped me realize all that. <coughs> and um, it was God who freed me from it, which was awesome. And I couldn't have asked for a better camp week. I couldn't have asked for a better camp group that um, God just worked in all of us, and it was fantastic. So. Emma? All right, so um, this year was my first year at camp, and it was amazing. It was the best time of my life. And um, honestly, coming into it, I didn't really know what it would be like, but I'd never felt God like that before. And you all did an amazing job, and I had some of the best counselors out there. And um, I was really struggling to see that God loved me and that he was actually there. And I'm going to cry, but <laughs> but when Wednesday night, I actually missed Justice's sermon. Sorry. But <laughs> because... Because I broke down during worship because Hannah does such an amazing job. <laughs> and um, Faith actually took me out there. And um, she just told me that when she saw me, she just saw me sitting with all these different chains. And they were just pulling at me in every single different way. And that night, she really helped me break those chains. And it was really... <laughs> It was really a good experience because I never felt like God actually cared. And her and Laura really helped me know that he did, and he does, and he's never going to let me go. And so that was a really, really good experience. And I just really want to thank you guys for that. Hi. Okay, everybody already said that they were bad at speaking, and I'm really bad at it, too. So, um, this was my first year at camp, and um, this was, like, the best experience I've ever had, ever. Um, everybody says Wednesday night was the best, but for me it was kind of like the worst because that was the night that I was really convicted of everything. (laughs) But it was like, it was, I was being really spiritually attacked all week and, um, I had headaches and stomach aches every single day and I was like just really sick. And then Wednesday, I was just being constantly attacked by lies. And so I read this verse. And um, Psalm 69, 4. And it says, Mighty are those who would destroy me and those who attack me with lies. And when I read that, I just got all of this truth just, like, coming into my head. I don't know how to explain it. But around all the pages of this chapter, I wrote all of the truth. And there's like, there's a lot, and it all kind of goes with the same thing. And so, this week I was really struggling with being attacked by lies and by struggling with idols. And Tuesday I was in Laura Whitty's idol breakout group, and that was awesome. And so, 
Wednesday, I was really, I was more convicted of the idols. And then Thursday, I was worshiping, and they sang I Surrender, and I couldn't, like, hold it in anymore. And I just broke down, and I got down on my knees, and I was just constantly being attacked the whole time I was down on my knees. And so I just kept saying, um, Satan be gone in the name of Jesus, and... I kept saying it over and over probably like a hundred times until finally I could just feel that my idols were broken. And it was like nothing I've ever felt before. And also this week I was really struggling with my self-esteem and feeling like God loved me and that other people loved me. And Thursday and Wednesday I really felt that. And it seemed like I want to... Kathy put it in perspective for me and was telling me how, like, how almost all of the messages and the worship and everything was just, like, it seemed like it was all for me. And so it was, I can't even explain how awesome that was. And so Thursday I finally felt like I was, okay, I'm going to get emotional. Like, I finally felt like I was beautiful and, like, that I had confidence in stuff that I did. And it was, like, it was all from God. And God just kept telling me that I was beautiful (laughs) and that he loved me. Awesome. Joel. Hey guys, um, so first off, I just want to say camp was amazing. I'm so glad I went, and uh, I just want to thank all of the counselors and leaders and Mike and Justice and Hannah uh, for speaking. It was absolutely amazing, so uh, could you guys just thank them? All right, so uh, I came to camp Tuesday like afternoon. I came late, um, but I came into camp facing some stuff. I was dealing with some stuff. I was just really struggling with desires to be of the world and not just in it, uh, more than I ever had. Actually, I shared this with uh, Mike. But uh, Wednesday night, I was just struggling, or it was Tuesday night, the first night. Uh, Hannah spoke, and she was speaking about God's loving kindness and his mercy. Um, so that just really touched me. I mean, I I was struggling, and I was trying to fight it on my own and trying to uh, pull myself out of the world instead of backing off and letting God do it for me. So I was really just uh, realizing that no matter what I did, he still was going to pull me out, and so I was just letting go. And so uh, Wednesday morning, I read the or I did my devo on this verse that Hannah shared, or these verses that Hannah shared Tuesday night. It was uh, Psalms 103, 10 through 12. It's uh, He does not treat us as our sins deserve, or pay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. Uh, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. So uh, I sat there for like the whole hour. I think I went a little bit over even. And I just read those over and over and over again. It brought me to tears. Like his love for us is so great. And I don't even, like right now, I don't want to be of the world. I don't care. I want to be crazy. I don't want to have anything to do with it whatsoever. Um, like it's just gone. Like I don't care about it. Um, and then Wednesday night when uh, Hannah spoke, or, Justice spoke. <laughs> um, 
at one point, he started talking about perseverance and endurance and uh, diligence, which is something I've always struggled with a lot. So uh, there's these verses in Romans 5 that he shared that I also did my devotion on the next morning. But uh, it's not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that uh, suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Um, so that was really cool, and it touched me. And I, for the first time after camp, like, it hasn't died down at all. I want to keep going as long as I can. I've been surrounding myself with stuff that's going to help me keep going. Um, and so it's just really making a difference. And I'm, I'm done with the world, guys, and I hope you guys are too because it's just ridiculous. I mean... Andrea Dean. Hi. Well, that was loud. All right, so I'm going to be honest here. I do not want to be up here right now, but I'm up here anyway. Um, this, this is my second year of camp, and it was probably my favorite out of the two that I've been to. It was just awesome, and a lot of people have said that this year. And so uh, last year, my whole family was sick right before, and a lot of people were sick in the whole church, and I was just like, great. I had all this money that I got, and I wanted to go to camp so much. And I got sick, what was it, what was it, three days, two days before? And so I was, like, super mad. She's like, God, why did you get me sick? You know, just like, why did you let this happen to me? So then this year came, and it was Sunday night, and I was not feeling very well. She's like, no, you've got to be kidding me. No. So I just, like, started praying. She's like, God, just, like, take this sickness away from me. And so he did. And Monday morning came, and I was, like, super pumped and everything. It's like, this is so exciting. I've been counting down since January. Yeah, I, I count down for exciting things. And so Tuesday morning came, and I was in my quiet time, and... um. I was reading out of First John, and, like, the Lord just, like, brought this thing to me. And just like, you have an idol in your life, and you need to get rid of this. So I was just like, okay. I didn't want to. It hurt to give it away, but I knew it was the right thing to do because I know that God is everything. And so then I gave it away, and it was just awesome just giving that idol away. And I just let that rule my life for, I don't know, how long? And so then I was in Laura's breakout session, and she, like, told us about, like, how to get rid of those idols in your life. And so afterwards, I grabbed her, and I told her, and she was just like, that is so cool. And so um, then I guess it was yesterday I was reading out of my journal, and um, I was just reading, like, every page. I just started this one. And um, at the very beginning, like the first page um, I was reading, and I was like, I had this prayer to God. I was just like, like, take everything, like, break me down to where all that's left is you in my life. And, like, I'm willing to give this all to you. And so I wrote yesterday. I said, yesterday I was reading out of this journal. Seven days before camp, I asked the Lord to do whatever it took so that I could have an awesome time with him. I let this idol rule my life forever, and I didn't mind that. It hurt to give that away on Tuesday, but I realized that as I was writing this down two weeks ago, that I was willing to give up everything just so that I would go to the Lord with my whole heart. 
I can't even look back at that idol. It's just too disgusting to look back at. And seriously, like, if you think about it, like, all this earthly stuff, like, sin, it's super disgusting to look at. And, like, when I look at God, I'm just like, he's so holy and perfect and beautiful. I'm just like, I just want to look more at him. And so, like, my quiet times were awesome at camp, and, like, I want that every day for the rest of my life, whether I'm at camp or I'm at home or wherever I am. And so, um, also during worship, like, last year, I guess it was the second night, I just, like, started crying, and I did not know what was happening to me. Like, I've never cried in public before. Like, never since that year. I was just, like, freaking out. She's like, what is happening to me? She's like, no. And I look around, and everyone else is crying along with me. And then, like, people are coming over to pray for me. Like, I had no idea what to expect last year. So this year, she's like, okay. So, you know, I kind of know what's going to happen. But really, I didn't. So, um, like, seeing all these other people, seeing two friends who have never been there before, just on their knees worshiping and praying and giving things up. It was just so cool. And, like, to see everyone just on their knees and crying, like, you don't care what people think of you then. Like, seriously, I don't. I don't know about you, but I don't. And so I was just like, okay. So, you know, it's just between me and God, and I want to keep it that way. Good job, Andrea. All right, we only have time for just a couple of more because we have some baptisms to get to. So um, I just want to start by saying I had a great group of guys this year, um, and I had a great counselor, Mr. Benson. Um, I always struggled with, um, you know, really, you know, feeling God in my life. You know, I gave myself the excuse, you know, oh, you know, I haven't seen many things that, you know, really tell me, you know, that God's real and that he's alive in me and that he's alive in the world. But that was a lie from the enemy, and Mr. Benson helped me realize that. And this year at camp, I saw many miracles. When his knee gave him trouble, we all got together and we prayed, and literally the next day his leg was better, and he was able to run on it, and he hadn't been able to do that in forever. So it was just great to see that. Um also, the enemy was at work at camp, and I want to thank everyone in the church who was praying for us while we were there, because one night, in the middle of the night, I woke up, and I was under attack. I felt sick. I had to run to the bathroom. I, I was feeling really sick, but I was praying, and I felt the presence of God, and he made me feel better, and I was able to go to sleep, and so I just want to thank you all for praying. Um, also, um, I realized while at camp, um, with the help of Mr. Benson, that... Um, I had a lot of walls in my life. I was angry at God, and I had pride. And he helped me break those walls down and put it all on the table. You know, I had trouble with trying to control my own life when I needed to give that to God. And so um, he helped me realize that, and he helped me break down those walls with the grace of God. And um, I just want to thank God for that. Okay, so I just wanted to say that I'm an excellent public speaker. <laughs> no, 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 that, that was a joke. But um, camp was pretty good, and my team was awesome. We, uh, we goosed it up. Uh, I got pretty close to the people in my cabin, and 
that was something that, like, you know, before this year, I was like, well, I'm, you know, not really a part of the rest of the girls in my group. And I felt kind of like, eh, I don't really have relationships with them. But that happened this year, and we were all connected, and we were unified, and it was pretty cool because, like, I didn't expect that, and I wasn't expecting to be part of, like, the group, but I did feel that way. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Uh, God is awesome. Um... I was definitely broken down, but I always am because, like, love being broken down, especially at worship. I always cry. So much fun. You guys should try it more often, definitely. But um, I uh, went out and I talked to Laura about what was going on, and I was like sad, and I was crying, and I was like, blah 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 blah. And Laura was like, Devin, okay. I don't really care. You need to pray out loud now. And I was like, Laura, I can't even tell you. Like, what's wrong? I don't even know. But um, it definitely helped me because, like, as soon as I started, the words were just flowing out. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. Like, I know what to say now. And uh, praying out loud definitely is a big thing to do, like, do it more often. It's it's easy once it starts. That's kind of, that's all I have to say about that. All right, we only have time for two more, and they're already here. If you guys were really looking forward to sharing, if you come Wednesday night, we will allow you to share at IGY as well. Okay? So two more. Abigail. Um, so when I went to camp, I was not ready at all. I had just gotten back to my house like two days before and, uh, I had a lot of hatred in my life and I wasn't willing to forgive people that, um, I had sinned against and they had sinned against me. And I went to camp and on Thursday I was able to let go of all of that hatred and I was able to forgive, um, the person I thought I would never forgive. Susanna. That's a lot of people. Um, I wasn't really planning on getting up here, and I'm really bad at speaking in front of people. But um, So this year at camp, um, I wasn't really sure what was going to happen, but um, during my one-on-one with Faith, uh, she gave me two questions to answer. Um, and during... Um, one of Hannah's talks, I'm not sure where she went. Ah, there you are. Um, but during one of her talks, she was talking about how, um, like, God is always there. And even if you don't want him to be there, even if you try to <laughs> block him out, he's always going to be there. And he's never going to give up on you, and he's always going to love you. And so that just meant a lot to me. Word. Okay. Um, In a moment, we'll have a short video, and then we'll invite our pastor up. And after the video, if you're getting baptized, you can... Mike, where are they going? They're going to go change and head downstairs. So after the video, go change and go downstairs. Um, But I just want to encourage you all, everyone else that's here, um, like God did stuff at camp, and those testimonies are like to God's glory and his goodness. 
And, um, like, he wants to do that in the lives of everybody here. So just seek him and ask him. Um, and you will hear some more from Pastor Vaughn in a moment. But um, if the video's ready, we're going to go ahead after the lights get killed. Before they... How many of you are getting baptized? Awesome. I was reading in the book of Acts, and I think the Lord impressed the scripture on me for you, for this group, and then I have something for the other group. You guys are the cool group. (laughs) By the way, I'm a good public speaker, too. In Acts chapter 11, it says, uh, Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyrus, Antioch, preaching the word uh, to no one but the Jews only. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the uh, Greeks or Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. So Barnabas comes. He heard he heard this rumor that there were a bunch of people that got saved. And so he comes uh, to Antioch, and it says, And when he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad. Isn't that good? You see the grace of God? You see the grace of God today? Are you glad? Makes you glad, amen? Um, And he encouraged them all, and this is the word. (laughs) Thought maybe the baptism was overflowing. Okay, we're good, we're good, all right. And it says, uh, so he saw the grace of God and was glad, and as I hear the testimonies, it, it fills my heart with joy, great joy. But then he had a word of encouragement for them. And his word was this, that with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. With purpose of heart. I can reassure you that everything God put put into you at camp, the devil wants to take out of you. Everything that God accomplished in your life, the devil wants to remove. Everything. And we, we know from the teaching of Jesus when he, he tells the, the parable of the sower, how when the, when the word is sown, if it falls on you know, the rocky ground, the birds come and take it, and that's the devil. Or it can fall on the, the, the ground that has the weeds, and, and that's the world. And we heard someone share about the world today. There are many things that will attempt to rob you of what God has put in you this week. So in order to continue, in order to grow and benefit from what God did this week, you have to have purpose of heart. Now, I've been to a lot of camps. I've even run camps. And camps are awesome because you get Christians together and a lot of people are praying and there's fellowship and unity and the Holy Spirit's there. It's like, this is a foretaste of heaven. Amen? Amen. And it is. It's a foretaste of heaven. But we're not in heaven yet. There's a real battle and so when you get up and you go to school or you go to work or you do the things you got to do, there is a battle. And so you must determine to follow the Lord. It's something you must purpose to do. Being a disciple of Jesus does not happen 
to you. It is something you do. Now, God did something to you this week. He did something to you. Some of you, He saved. Some of you, He freed. He did something to you. But the Christian life isn't just sitting in a chair or a pew waiting for God to do something to you. It is you purposing to do what God, after God does something to you or in you, then purposing to then walk that out every day of your life. You've got to walk it out. You've got to determine you're going to be in the Word of God. You have to determine you will pray. You have to determine you will seek fellowship. You have to determine not to do certain things that you have done in the past. And it's something you purpose to do. Not to earn God's love, not to um, be good in a religious sense, but because God wants to continue whatever He did this week, He wants to continue and expand that work in your life. Amen? Amen? A disciple of Jesus is someone who takes up his cross and he follows Jesus. And the symbol of the cross is a symbol of death to the world. Death to the flesh. Death to the evil one. But the Christian message is a message not just of death, it's a message of resurrection also. So the cross is followed by the empty tomb. And we're going to see in a moment, when they're baptized, that um, as they go down in the water, this is a symbol. <clears throat> excuse me. This is a symbol of them dying and being buried, and that burial is a death to the world and a death to sin. And then when they come up out of that water, that is a a picture, a beautiful picture of the resurrection. Of Jesus and the resurrection of the believer with Jesus. A symbol of new life. Having died, they are then resurrected in newness of power and newness of life. And as we come up out of that water in newness of life, we then pledge with purpose of heart to follow on with the Lord. Amen? To continue on with the Lord. So we thank God for everything He did. And I think maybe once a month we're going to have this, just have everybody come back and say, let's give more testimonies. Right? I'm still walking with the Lord. I'm still purposing. I'm still in the Word. I'm still praying. I'm sharing with my friends. A lot of you guys have a lot of friends that don't know Jesus. And you need to be the one that shares Jesus with them. Let Jesus work in you and through. Let Jesus do what He wants to do in you and with you. He can do great things with your life. Great things. And I'm excited to see what He's going to do. Let's pray a blessing on uh, these young people. Father, we thank You for all the work that You did and we give You all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. We uh, are so grateful, Lord, um, for the reality of Your love, the reality of Your power. We thank You that You save We thank you that you set free. We thank you that you heal. We thank you, Lord, um, just for all that you do for us because of your great love for us. We ask, Lord, as we um, obey you in baptizing today, as we obey your command to go into the world and to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Spirit. 
We ask, Lord, that you would be honored and glorified. And we ask that you would bless this, this sacrament to the souls of those who are baptized today. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so if you're getting baptized, you can go. I'm only going to give you a couple minutes. You better hurry. So, now a word for all, all the rest of us. All of us old fogies that didn't get to go to camp. Um, I'm glad you said that and not me. Because that's kind of the joke. That's, that's the kind of joke I would say, but I, I'm glad you did it and not me. Um, I want to share a verse in First uh, John. If you have your Bible, you can open your Bible to First John or your iPad or your iPhone or whatever you do to read the Bible. I'm standing here and, and there's the AC unit's blowing my pages. Oh, he wants me to read Second John. Really? Uh, actually, there is a good verse here. Uh, no. <laughs> First John four. Well, let's. Nah, yeah, we better start on four. It says uh, in verse seven. It says, "Beloved." Let us love one another, for love is of the world. No, it doesn't say that, does it? What's it say? Love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God. Everyone who loves is born of God. And he who does not love does not know God. Why? For God is love. In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. The I wasn't going to share in this passage until I heard the testimonies today. Because one of the themes that you heard over and over was people saying, I finally got it. I finally realized that God actually loves me. Now, this is from kids. Some of these kids have been raised in Christian homes and have heard the gospel over and over and over. And some of these kids have been told over and over and over that God loves you. But it doesn't matter how many times somebody else tells you God loves you. Until you hear it from God, it doesn't mean anything. It's true. I heard that God loved me before I really believed it. I heard it. I heard Jesus loved me so much that he gave his life for me. I heard that God the Father loved me so much that he would give me his only son. I heard it. I didn't believe it. I heard it. I wasn't raised in a Christian home, but I heard it. I didn't believe it. The, the, the gospel... Well, let me read one more verse. Uh, let's go to, to John, the gospel of John, not the first epistle, chapter 3. 
because the Apostle John is really, in that letter, is really echoing what Jesus said in his own ministry. And in the Gospel of John, in chapter 3, a very famous passage, because it talks about the new birth and being born again, being born of God's Spirit. And it talks about God's love. And probably the most well-known Bible verse of any Bible verse. Maybe. Maybe Psalm 23, but I'm not sure. Is in verse 16 where it says, For God, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Now, um, this is the heart, not only the heart of the gospel, which the word gospel, by the way, means good news. This is the heart of the issue. Because the... Jesus goes on and says, men, men love darkness rather than light, so they don't come to the light. And that's true. But I can, I can share from my own experience, and I think it's true of many others, is that what we believe to be true of God profoundly influences whether or not we will come toward Him or walk away from Him. And because of the tradition I was raised in, I, I, my perception of God was that He was a frowning tyrant who demanded strict obedience and that any infraction was going to be punished. But if I tried, and if I went to church, and if I took the sacraments, and if I was sorry for my sins, and if I tried, I might be able to earn acceptance with Him. I might. But there was no guarantee. And knowing the wickedness of my own heart even then, I realized if that's the game, I'm not playing. Because I'm going to lose that game. I mean, God knows everything, right? He knows everything about my heart. He knows everything about my life. And there is no way, it is not possible, that any good things that I do are going to outweigh all the bad things that I do. It's not going to happen. And I'm astounded that people actually get into religious systems which are basically works-based. I, I, it astounds me to think that someone could actually believe that they are good enough to do whatever to outweigh their bad things and somehow to atone or pay for their own sins. The gospel is not be religious. The gospel is not try harder. The gospel is not God might accept you or love you if you do something. That's not the gospel. That is another gospel. What Paul calls in Galatians a perversion of the gospel. And that gospel is a denial of the love of God. Now, John uses an interesting word in the epistle, the word propitiation. And some of your modern versions might use a different word. It's a very important word. It's a, long, it's a biblical word. As a as a, a long theological tradition, and this is the idea that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, something was happening there that had to do with my sins 
and my relationship with God. There was a, a payment being made there. Now, the idea of Jesus dying to pay for sins is actually becoming unpopular even in the Christian church. And some have called the, the idea of Jesus being punished by God the Father as cosmic child abuse. Now, these are Christian writers saying this. Um, well, I, I could give a whole lot of sermons on that. The point is, is, is the point is, is this. Is that God's love was demonstrated not by Jesus simply coming to give us good teaching or by Jesus coming to set a good example. But God's love was demonstrated that He gave us His Son as a propitiation. That's what He's saying. He's saying, because God loves us, God sent His Son to die on the cross in our place. In our place. You're like, well, why should I have to die on the cross? The same reason that I should. Because of our sin. We've all sinned. This is one of the most... Turn the news on. Read the headlines. We live in a broken world. Everything is broken. The family's broken. Marriages are broken. Society is broken. Government's broken. The economy is broken. Everything is broken. Hearts are broken. We live in a broken world. But that was not God's intent. God's intent that we would actually live in peace and harmony with one another and with Him. Sin is the great culprit here. Sin has brought disharmony and all this brokenness we see. But God, in His great love for us, because He loves us, sent a remedy for this brokenness. And that remedy is His Son, Jesus Christ. And through Jesus Christ dying on the cross for our sin, He removes, through that payment, that sacrifice, He removes the obstacle between us and God. So we can now enter into a relationship with God. What we heard today from some of these testimonies, even though the word might not have been used, is that it finally dawned on some of these young people that that Christianity, real Christianity, is about knowing God. It's knowing Him. And that's why John says, if we don't walk in love, you don't know Him. If you know Him, you'll walk in love. Why? Because He is love. It's, it's about knowing Him. The problem is, if you think, that you have to earn or you have to pay or do to be accepted by God, you're going to go the other way. You will not come to Him. We need assurance. We need divine assurance that we can come and not be damned. Because our conscience tells us, our conscience tells us, to, to run from the light. It tells us to go away from God. Because we know we have done wrong. We need divine assurance that if I come, I will be accepted. If I come, I will be forgiven. And that divine assurance is the cross. 
The divine assurance is that God loves you so much, He took His Son and He placed Him on a cross, and there He was suffering for your sin. That's how much God loves you. That's how much. You have divine assurance that if you come, you will be accepted because God loves you. He really does. Maybe you've heard it many times, but maybe today you're hearing it from the Holy Spirit. And even we Christians who actually do know Christ, we can fall into a works thing. We can, we can, we can live in the, uh, in the outer land, if you will. We can stay in the wilderness, if you will, because we're not fully embracing the reality of God's love. The, the, uh, the pastor who, uh, where I got saved many years ago, um, he was, a, he was a great evangelist. Still is, actually. And he used very simple illustrations to talk about the gospel. And one of the, one of the illustrations he used was, imagine you're out in the water, you're out in the ocean, and you're drowning. And some guy comes up in a boat, and he says... Oh, I see that you're drowning. You're like, help me, I'm drowning. He said, okay, here's a little book on how to swim. See you later. And he, and he goes, oh, did, did he save the drowning person? No. Okay, so you're drowning. Another guy comes on the boat. He said, help me, I'm drowning. He says, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you a lesson. He jumps out of the boat, swims around the boat. Do, just swim like this, go this way, you'll get there. Gets on the boat, leaves. Did he, did he save the drowning man? Third guy comes up on the boat. And you say, help me, I'm drowning. And he grabs you and he puts you in the boat and he rows you all the way to the shore. He takes you out of the boat and puts you on the land. Did he save you? He saved you. And that's what Jesus does for us. He doesn't just give us a book, although we got a book. He doesn't just give us an example, but he gave us an example. He does more than that. He actually saves us. If he's the Savior, then you are the Savee. Got it? So stop trying to save yourself and let Jesus save you. Let Jesus save you. He's the one that saves, not you. So let him save you. And let him do it today. Let him do it right now. It is a simple act of childlike faith where you believe what He actually has already done for you. If you say to Jesus in your heart, Jesus, save me, guess what He'll do? He won't just give you a book. He won't just give you an example. He'll actually save you. And He will give you new life, and that new life can begin today. It can begin this very moment. That's how it begins, when you are born again of God's Spirit. Father, we thank you uh, for the revelation you've given us that you are love. And we thank you that you not only love us in the sense of have kind intentions toward us, but Lord, that you love us and that you demonstrated your love. You proved your love by giving us your son, Jesus Christ. I pray for any, I pray for all, 
And I ask that each heart here, Lord, would know Your love. Each heart here. And there may be some that came in today um, not really knowing anything about You. There may be others who have been churched their whole lives. It doesn't matter, Lord. They need to know You. We all need to know You. And I ask, Lord, that Your Spirit would open our hearts that you remove any veil from our minds and that through the work of your Spirit, right now, Lord, you would save souls. Right now. And if you're sitting there and you don't know you're standing before God, the Scripture says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. There's no magic formula, but if... You cry out to Jesus Christ, He will save you. Jesus, be my Savior. Jesus, save me. I know I've sinned. Let Him save you, because you can't save yourself. Lord, we thank You for the testimonies we've heard today of Your love in action, of Your grace. We ask, Lord, that as we now witness these baptisms, that this public profession and this public pledge of following you would truly bear fruit for many years to come. And we ask it in your name. Amen. Amen. There he is. Let's give it up for Pastor Bond. So, um, Spencer came to me early in the week uh, and was like, um, hey, I talked with Josh, and I think he got saved. <laughs> and so I was like, really? And um, and and he did. <laughs> there was there was there was there is a noticeable difference in Josh, and I've had a number of his of, his, of the staff this past week um, mentioned it. It was a very noticeable, so it was very exciting. So, Josh, it was um, I, Justice and I were kind of following up one night after a long day, and we're talking about things. And then at the very end, he's like, "Oh, and by the way, Josh wants to get baptized at camp." And I was like, "And he's like, but we can talk about that later." <laughs> so we um, we talked about it, and we and and Josh was like, "I want to be baptized. I want to be baptized. I want to be baptized." I mean, he was like ready to go. I mean, he was ready to go. And so, and they have a creek there, and there's enough water, and and we just, we talked, Justice and I talked, and we just thought it would be awesome to allow um, the body, his family also, to be a part of that and to experience it. So, um, we said, Josh, let's wait, let's let's hold off, let's do it this Sunday, Um, and that way more people can be a part of it, more people can um, be witnesses to it. And so then, Justice and I thought we would just open it up to anyone else that wanted to be baptized that hadn't been baptized um, or had gotten recently saved. So <clears throat> we didn't want just, like, people to start doing it because, you know, everyone was doing it. Oh, I've never been baptized. Oh, I guess I'll be baptized. So we actually um, talked to each of the groups by their teams to make it a little smaller. And so um, we just said, hey, this is what we're doing. Um, a couple people have expressed interest, and if you want to be baptized— and you haven't been, and you're saved, then we encourage you to consider doing it. So it really wasn't a hard push at all by us. We just didn't want to make people do it just because we were twisting arms or anything. So we just put it out there, and we have 
a number of people that responded and wanted to be obedient to Jesus' command to be baptized. So it's very exciting, and I'm going to let um, Josh lead it off. So come on down, Josh. Josh, have you trusted in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes. Do you commit to follow him all of your days? Yes. All right. Then I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Give it up for Kristen. Yeah, the water's okay. <laughs> Could be a little warmer, right? But yeah. <laughs> Kristen, have you trusted in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes. Do you commit to follow him all of your days? Yes. All right. Then I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is Noah. I don't know if I've ever baptized anyone in jeans before. But <laughs> I don't own any shorts. <clears throat> this is a true statement. <laughs> if you would have seen Noah throughout the week, he had pants on all the time. I ate warm on the float trip. <laughs> all right, Noah, do you um, believe in Jesus and trust in him as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Do you commit to follow him all of your days? Yes. All right, then I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, Aubrey. Aubrey, do you trust in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Do you commit to follow him all of your days? Yes. All right. Then I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it's Cody. Cody, do you trust in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes. Do you commit to follow him all of your days? Yes. All right. Then I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amanda McCartney. for this, Amanda? Yeah. All right. Do you trust in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes. Do you commit to follow him all of your days? Yes. And I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
right, give it up for Danny. It is slippery. Yes, good save. Good save. Danny, do you trust in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes. Do you commit to follow him all of your days? Yes. And I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Woo!